Hey everyone, I'm Andrew. And I'm Emily. Today we're starting our first podcast, which is called Research to Practice, What Do? And the reason why we want to start this podcast is because we believe that there is still such a big gap between, you probably guessed it, research and practice. And we'd love this podcast to be relevant for everyone. So from students to new grads to seasoned clinicians and even early career researchers and research students. We really want to get to the nitty gritty about topics surrounding research and practice through sharing people's experiences and their practical tips. So where do we begin, Andrew? Let's start with our stories. Okay, so to start, my name is Andrew Natoli. I, at the moment, and I'm accredited exercise physiologist, and I am an honours student. So I graduated from UNSW in Sydney last year, and I am now practicing and doing research. But my story starts quite a while ago, back in probably like, well, the start was like when I finished high school, it was back in 2015. And yeah, no, I left school with no ATAR, so absolute dropkick, no way to get into university, and I just did as I pleased, worked full-time in retail just to earn some money, and had no idea what I was going to do until I came across a guy called Dr. Michael Ray, who was a part of Barbell, not psychology, Barbell Medicine. Barbell Psychology is the one that's always in my head. And... He had some crazy thoughts that I had no idea about, which was like, oh, you know, manual therapy, he's against it and all that type of thing. I don't want to say manual therapy is bad. It's probably what he would have said back then. But this was like 2017. And that's the first time I realized like what pain science was and what it meant to do more than just like have a massage if you were in pain. Uh, From there, I figured out um, what I wanted to do, which was go into pain science. Uh, and realized I had to get into uni somehow to do that. And originally I thought, oh, you know, the way to do that would be physiotherapy, but that's actually pretty hard to get into in Sydney. The next easiest option was when I figured out what exercise physio, well, exercise physiology is. So then I did a whole bridging year to get into uni, which was incredibly hard for me. I had no idea how to be a uni student, but the bridging course taught me how to be a uni student, taught me how to write reports, essays, how to do, um, what's it called, bibliographies and reference lists and things like that, so it prepared me, and I also had to do like three unit math all over again from high school, the thing I tried to avoid. So then I actually made it into uni, scraped by with just 50s the whole year, then started just falling in love with exercise physiology, learned more and more about pain science, and at that point, Second year, you and I met, right, Em? Yeah. Cool. And then I dove even further and further into things when I found out about the knowledge exchange. Um, And then fast forward more to fourth years when I started my research internship with um, our current supervisors, Dr. Mitchell Gibbs and Dr. Matthew Jones, or Match, as we call them. It's great, Match Labs. And uh, I was working initially in my research internship on a survey on chronic low back pain and exercise beliefs, which was crazy to me. And I had no idea what a thematic analysis was. And I was trying to do one through a survey and it was weird and crazy, but I fell in love with the research project. And as a result, wanted to do honors under them. And here we are. So yeah. Nice. That's my story. So what are you doing for honors? Oh, true. Uh, Honors... I am doing the exact same kind of topic, exercise beliefs with people, sorry, in people with chronic lower back pain. 
and the difference from my survey or my internship I should say is that it's no longer a survey they are semi-structured interviews and it's going to be another thematic analysis on that just going deeper into basically what we found in that survey Very nice and what are you hoping to find I mean, really, we shouldn't hope to find anything, right, as scientists. But I'm imagining to find very similar trends, um, you know, people being afraid of certain things or not wanting to do certain things like bend their back and lift heavy loads. Um, like, in a nutshell, people seem to like exercise, but the specific things about those exercise, that matters to them. And uh, I guess to answer your question properly, I'm expecting people to hate bending to hate lifting, to like walking, um, to understand that they need to do something physical but not want to do it, things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. It'll be interesting to hear your thoughts at the end of the year. So true. I wonder yeah. how much they would have changed. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. So how'd you get here, Em? So my story is a little bit different in the sense of mine was a little bit more personal. I didn't actually get influenced by anyone in particular at the start. Um, we can go back to oh, growing up. High school was probably the most pivotal for me. So I was like really passionate about health and exercise, really enjoyed moving. I was always involved in sports and I played soccer, tried cricket, did dance. I went to the gym. I ran with my high school as well. So I was fairly active and I always found health really important and movement was really important to me as well. I had my own journeys of like overtraining and undereating, and that was very much me trying to figure out how to lose weight all the time. It was very much just going on diets, which, you know, often was really bad for the physical and the mental health. So it was very, it was a pretty bad cycle of just being me trying to alter my body image um, and now when I reflect on that with a greater understanding I have on the world, I see the, the many layers and um, systems and society and culture and all those things that led me to believe that I needed to be thin and that I tied myself worth to that um, and many of those. And I've been learning so much from people like Ellen Masson, Meredith Woosley, and Alana Riley. Uh, shout out to the Into the Red Zone podcast. They actually, um, it's called Navigating Weight Loss Goals from a Size Inclusive Perspective. So hearing these sorts of podcasts, I really have learned that the world has really been designed for people in smaller bodies. And not to say I'm in a larger body and that I understand the full extent of the... Um, Oof, what's the word? Uh, Prejudice? Yeah, yeah, that's the word. Yeah. And which, yeah, the prejudice, the social and cultural preferences towards thinner people, even from all parts of our society, like how we view health, how things are designed. If you look at plane seats or literally um, seats even in medical centres and healthcare practices, they're for people in smaller bodies. So, yeah, I'd really highly recommend listening to that podcast and uh, learning about this sort of things has helped my own journey in health in general. 
So for me, I kind of had two sides of exercise. I, I really enjoyed the soccer. I really loved the, the fact that it was a hobby and there was that social aspect. And then there was the other side of it where I was using and abusing exercise to really reach a particular body image goal. So yeah, that was, that was really tough to navigate as a teenager. Um, and I didn't really reach out for support in this time. And if I went back in time, I definitely would. Um, and I'd talk a lot more with with the women around me who were also going through that. So during high school, then moving a bit later on, I had pretty bad chronic fatigue. I had a few injuries and I pretty much stopped exercising altogether. And then fast forward a couple of years, I met Paul from 360 Strength and Performance in Monavale. He's actually a good friend of mine now and he helps me get back into gym training. And we even did a few powerlifting comps over those years that I was training with him. I learned a lot. I learned what I really enjoyed about the gym and really enjoyed about moving and health. Um, so for me, I actually started uni doing music and science. And I realized after a year that I wanted to do more like face-to-face -face clinical work. Um, and I just didn't want to go into research or at least what I thought was scientific research at the time. Um, How you understood it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was especially for a science-based um, subject, like degree. Research would be different to what we're doing. Um, so I was thinking of doing physio, similar to you, Andrew, but UNSW didn't offer that, and I really liked the uni. So I just transferred into exercise physiology, having no idea what it was. And then, as yeah, Andrew said, second year we met, and our uni group actually formed from began to form from, um, we were put together to do an anatomy assignment. Um, and this was just before COVID. So it's actually quite funny because we ended up having an online friendship for around two years before actually meeting up and hanging out in person. Yeah, that's so crazy to think about, actually. It wasn't until like third year that yeah. we actually had in-person labs and we actually saw each other and hung yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Um, and speaking of 30, that was around the time I was starting to become a lot more curious about exercise physiology. I wanted to grow myself. I wanted to get more involved. And so I was ask, asking Andrew lots of questions and uh, actually saw the note on my laptop the other day of all the podcast recommendations and Instagram accounts that you sent me. Um, so a bunch of like, yeah, the Knowledge Exchange, Adam Meekins, Barber Medicine, like a lot of those types of people. Um, and I just started getting like inundated with all this educational content and felt like my knowledge was really growing pretty rapidly over that time. And it's actually interesting because before, Andrew, you sent me those accounts, I was actually stepping back from social media quite a lot. I felt like I didn't, I wasn't as present in my life being on it and I didn't want to see what everyone else was doing. I felt like it was a bit of a place to show off your life and what you're doing at that moment and where you're going. And I was just like... I can communicate with my friends and I don't need to see anything else. So it becoming an educational platform was so transformative for me of how I viewed social media and how it can, like the benefits of how it can be used. So yeah, fast forward to fourth year, made heaps of connections with EPs in the industry and I was having my placements. I was really in the thick of my final year and unfortunately, during that time, my dad had passed away, which was not a good time <laughs> to do it. It's not good in general, uh, but yeah, especially difficult to do in fourth year. 
But a pro of that was I learned a lot about what it was like to be on the other side of EP, so to be the family member, to see the behind the scenes, what people go through when they're not in your gym, like what they're doing the other 23 hours of the day. And it really showed me how important it is to ask people the questions, get to know what really matters to them. And because of that, um, I didn't choose the research internship, what Andrew did for his survey. Um, I actually chose the literature review subject. And again, here I am talking to Andrew saying that, like, I, you know, I felt like I really missed out and like, I'm happy I didn't do it. I felt like there was an opportunity that, yeah, I missed out on. And Andrew was like, oh, why don't you just do honours? I was like, what is honours? Like, no, what do you even do? What do you, like, I don't want to leave uni, but... I do like I'm not going to continue doing more uni for the sake of it and um, so yeah I had a a meeting with Matt Matt and Mitch and about potential projects what it would look like and yeah I guess here I am absolutely loving my honours year and running my own study on how EPs and physios manage chronic lower back pain and who knows what next year will look like. We leave that up to the universe, right? Yeah. So that was my very long-winded story. but No, that was great. And you know what I was thinking the whole time you were saying that? I could see you smiling. Oh, the whole time you were saying that, I'm going, this paints the perfect picture of the, the juxtaposition of you and me as a team because it's why we work so well is... I'm the ADHD, mildly autistic one that comes in with the, the facts and the, the, the data. And then you bring the emotion into it and actually tell the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's perfect. Yeah. What's your actual project about though? Like explain it a bit more. You only really told us the title there. Um, so basically looking at the barriers and enablers that physios and EPs face to managing sorry, implementing evidence-based practice for people with chronic lower back pain. So if we understand evidence-based practice as, um, you know, acknowledging the evidence, looking at the research, taking into consideration your clinical experience and also patients and their preferences, what are the things that are stopping you or challenging you from implementing that type of treatment? Or what are the things that facilitate that? Um, Especially with chronic lower back pain, you know, it's such a widely researched and understood area for there to be increases every single year in disability and quality of care still remaining pretty mediocre. It's very confusing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, just taking a deeper dive into what's really happening and hopefully we can highlight some things there. Yeah. And, and the reason why I love your research here being done where it is in Australia, Sydney, is because everything out there looks at physios or chiros or GPs. But then we have these AEPs and what if they're facing something different? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think there are some small things on what physios and EPs experience, like differences, For example, manual therapy, the expectation to do manual therapy is not really there for EPs. So there are some small differences, but overall I'm seeing that it's pretty similar. And I think that's kind of good in a way because it shows across the board there can be improvements 
and that if people are experiencing similar things in different professions, then it just shows it's a little bit more of a bigger picture issue. Yeah, systemic issues. Mm. Yeah. 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 Uh, very interesting because I mean my bias is to always say that chiropractic, osteo, osteopathy, whatever that's called, uh, physiotherapy and exercise physiology, man, that's one job. In my mind, that is one job. Yes, mm. you can have different niches within there, but there's no reason to separate those professions in my eyes. Mm. Which is something we'll deep dive into later in another podcast. <laughs> of course we will. Let's keep this one a, a short intro on who we are and what we look forward to chatting about. We'll actually, well, obviously that's for another podcast, but talk about our placement experiences. Yeah. Hopefully with some other students, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We'll get as many voices on if, as we can. Yes, as many voices researchers, clinicians, that's both new grads and experienced and students. Yeah. Heck, I think we should get first year students on mm. and just be like, oi, how do you feel right now? <laughs> what is EP? Yeah. What do you think an EP is? Yeah. I remember when I first started, I was like, oh, okay, so for like diabetes, we're going to do this exercise. And yeah. <laughs> for schizophrenia, we're going to do this exercise. It's like... Nah, mate, <laughs> that's not even close to what it is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's so many topics to talk about, hey. Mm-hmm. Which we'll talk about the uni side, definitely. Oh, yeah. Cool. Thank you for listening to this episode of Research to Practice What Do. You can find all relevant episode information in the caption and find us on Instagram at research, the number two, practice, underscore podcast as well as on our personal pages at mwalker underscore xviz and at andrewxviz. And with that, we encourage you to remember that research means you don't know, but you're willing to find out.